everyone. Welcome to Vicious Cycle, the podcast about periods and the people who get them. I'm Kate Elston. I'm Meg Hayes. And I'm Meg Trowbridge. Thank you for being here on episode 21, our final episode of season one. Uh, yeah. This it's crazy. Is, this is it. For now. We'll co- we're coming back. It's, we just we just need a little bit of a break. A yeah. meno pause, if yeah. you will. That joke was courtesy of Meg Trowbridge. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, today we're bringing you two interviews with fellow bleeders. First on, we have Nat Kringudis. She's a doctor of Chinese medicine, a fellow podcaster. She's from Australia. She's awesome. She's going to give us the scoop on hormones and periods and PCOS, which is a thing that 20% of people around the world have, apparently. We're going to get into it. She's great. And then we're also going to have a quick conversation with our friend of the pod, Molly Sanchez, who's going to give us a parting assignment for our break during the seasons. It sounds worse than it is, but it's really fun. It's fun. I'm excited. So buckle up. It's going to be a great episode and probably pretty heavy. Heavy being long, not heavy as in (laughs) depressing. Um, But first, how is everyone's period? I am blue cording. Wait, what's the song? Oh, oh hi, I am blackcording. Oh, hi, I am blackcording. Oh, hi, I am blackcording. Hear me go. How's it going for you, Meg? It's, you know, it's going. Um, This morning, I had period brain and forgot to put a tampon in. Oh. And didn't realize until like 10-ish in the morning when I was sitting in a class because I was helping a class um, learn about not to be a bully. Aww. And I felt like something was suspicious <laughs> oh. down there. <laughs> like, I was like, I feel like something is missing. Like, usually <laughs> when you have a tampon, you really can't feel your flow, like, at all. Yeah. Like, very little. And if you do, you're like, oh, I guess I'm super duper heavy. Yeah. Uh, so during recess, I went and excused myself. And sure enough, I for- had forgotten a tampon. And I used tampons that I had uh, put in our uh, restroom for other bleeders. Mm, so oh. it went to use. It went to use. <laughs> and now I never have to pack tampons because I know that I just have some nice. available Fantastic. to me. Was, in the there, was there an incident afoot? A right, on yeah. Your did underwear? You, uh, oh, yes. Like, my underwear and the tops of my jeans. Uh. Um, so uh, the upswing is I got a nice look at my ass in the mirror because I was checking <laughs> to make sure that it didn't go all the way through. How's your ass looking? And then I was like, hey, you have a cute ass. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. Yes. But I was just straight up like, you know, like foot on the sink, like basically <laughs> like trying to be like, is it anywhere visible? <laughs> nope. But looking uh, good. Looking good. Ass. Yeah. I like, leaked this time. <gasps> Kate, I'm so sorry. Can I tell us about it? Yes. So my period came early this time. Last time I talked to y'all, it was a week late. This time it was like four days early. Wow. Um, Who knows? Um, But so the first day was spotting. It was like, and I never spot. So I was like, so I didn't even need like any sort of light day. I was just like keeping an eye on it all day. Um, the next day I, I just wasn't prepared. So I didn't even get to use the menstrual cup again because I just really, I just thought that maybe that was a fluke day. Uh, put in a, one of the reusable pads that we have from tree hugger that they so generously sent us. Thanks tree hugger. And, uh, like walked to work. So it's like a long walk to work and got in there and I has bled everywhere. (gasps) Like it was a light day. So like a light pad. So I had bled like around it and it was like in the wrong position. Yeah. And then, so, but which is fine. I had like, like I think I used the bathroom tampons for the rest of the day, but I had to ring out my tree hugger, but the heart, 
our sinks are motion activated uh. so the stream is not very reliable oh my so God. when you put the pad under it like comes out and then stops the water comes out and then stops. So I had to keep like waving my hand frantically <laughs> under the sink to rinse out the pad enough and then like wring it out. And it was, it took like way too long. And I was oh like, this is so God. awkward. <laughs> hurry, 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 hurry. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was, that was the story mm. of that. But it was a short one. Again, it only was like a day and a half. The, so, yeah, the length of your. So I think after the spotting, I had one full heavy day and then another like lighter day. What? Yeah, wow. It's very weird. Interesting. Wow. And I didn't get to use a menstrual cup, and I feel ashamed about that. You should. Hey. Just, you know. I'm just saying, like, we really <laughs> suffered. <laughs> we, we put ourselves oh, out I forgot there. to I forgot to add, I tried a size one oh, yeah. cup. And it's definitely better. Okay. I also, like Meg, felt the tab. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and it yeah. was, it. W- I felt like there was like a blister on my labia majora. Oh, like, I was like, ah. Yeah. Like where it rested because I wore it overnight. Um, and it, like, you guys, like, my uterus is so fucking weird. Like, if you put anything up, it's like immediate, you, you hit bone, like oh. immediately. <laughs> it's just like that. Eh. Inverted pubic bone? Yeah, that inverted <laughs> pubic bone that we don't know anything about. <laughs> It could be like the missing Lindbergh baby. Like, what is this pubic bone? <laughs> but did you situation? like the, Did you like the size one better? It's definitely better. So I'm kind of in the place where I haven't totally sworn it off, but I'm also not totally convinced. Yeah. But I'm glad that I have one. Um, and I I would assume it's similar to tampons. You just have to find the way right. in, and then once and you do, it's easy. Yeah. Like, and then yeah. you might just have to trim that. that yeah, I I think stem. I'm gonna need to. And and unfortunately, I think the one challenging thing is I think I'm just going to have to get used to the fact that like the tab is really just to make sure, you know, it's still there. But like you have to pinch it and pull it out like the tab's not really used for much. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, So I think that's just going to take some getting used to. Yeah. But uh, it's still very satisfying to pour the blood out. Mm. Makes you feel like a witch. (laughs) (laughs) I've said it once, I'll say it again. (laughs) I'll say it every day. Meg Trow, how was your period? Um, Haven't had a period yet. Uh, I'm scheduled to have it in eight days, which my cycle, who knows? You'll have three by then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, what I did find interesting was um, during, because I use clue to track. And so during the fertile window, I was spotting, but also it was like discharge Like it was just kind of, huh. I was super goopy. Okay. I'm just going to say the daily goo, super duper daily. So you were goo. like Gwyneth Paltrowing all over your <laughs> panties. Goop, goop. <laughs> um, you make me want to goop, 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 But so I looked up cause I was like, goop. you know, this happens sometimes where like it says I'm, it's supposed to be like a fertile window, but then I'm spotting and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And it, I think it's common actually to have spotting because your cervix is kind of like doing stuff. Yeah. Okay. And so I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. I'm learning things about my body. All right. Cool. Cool. Great. Good check-ins everybody. Good yeah. Check-ins. We had a lot to share. We, did. we really did. Hey everyone. Um, we have a very special guest this evening. Um, all the way from Australia. No joke. You're going to hear her accent and be like, OMG. It's it's a real accent. We didn't hire someone to, to put it on. It's not just Kate doing a really bad Australian we accent. We promise. Okay. 
Um, so we have Natalie Kringudis with us, who is a um, doctor of Chinese medicine and all-around period expert. Uh, and we're so excited to have her on our show. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I really want to put on an American accent just to really <laughs> stuff that up. <laughs> um, so you also have some podcasts, right? I do. Talk I'm, about I'm a bit of a podcast hussy. I have two podcasts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the Period Party, which uh, my co-host is here in the States. And I have the Wellness Collective, which is actually broadcast here and in Australia on Podcast One Network. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we, when we were developing vicious cycle we googled just to make sure our idea hadn't been totally done of like three female comics talking about periods um and period party came up of course yeah, it was so, like the first one i mean found. why not and why I, wouldn't it and i feel like it's the only one i don't do you know of any other like people sitting around talking about their periods no i think more and more people want to sit around and talk yeah, about their periods yeah, yeah. yeah but i don't know that there aren't you know that not a dedicated um i think there's a lot of experts in the area that talk about periods mm-hmm. but there's no period party. Yeah. <laughs> There's none other. Yeah. People aren't partying about their periods. <laughs> so should we ask her the three questions? Let's yes. do it. Okay. If your uh, period could drink, what would be its drink of choice? Oh, gin and tonic. Boom. Oh, easy. <laughs> easy. Great answer. Quick answer. In a tall glass? Of course. Okay. okay. If your period <laughs> had a Patronus, like in Harry Potter, what would it be? Uh, a seal. <laughs> okay. Someone That's said nice. otter before. Who said yeah. otter before? <laughs> We've had someone say otter. I don't know. Maybe that was at a live show. Yeah, anyway, good answer. Wanted that to happen. Good answer. Um, great answer. Of the sea. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, finally, what political party does your period affiliate with? Okay, so you're not the same as us. Right. right. So tell right. us. Right, we're gonna learn the Australian. <laughs> so for us, the the liberal is like the um, upper class, and the mm. labor is like the working class. Uh, yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, she's liberal. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Very, she's like, classy. Ritzy. Fancy. <laughs> I have a fourth question, just reserved for you. Great. In Australia, do periods flow the other way? <laughs> of course. Okay, just make we're sure. in the southern hemisphere. Everything is backwards. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to start off by asking you about how you got your start in Chinese medicine. So I literally rocked up to my first day of university and worked out then and there that I hadn't enrolled and been accepted into naturopathy. I'd actually accepted a course in um, Chinese herbal medicine. So that was oh news to me. <laughs> um and I was like, okay, well, this is where I am. So it's still herbal medicine, but it wasn't of the Western nature. It was actually of the Eastern variety. Uh-huh. So that was good to learn on my first day. Sure. Um, I was fortunate enough to study herbal medicine on its own, which doesn't happen so much anymore. You, it's combined um, and really dive into that. And then I studied acupuncture. I opened up a clinic and had this influx of women wanting help with their hormones. And truthfully, I had no idea what to do with them. Um, because I wasn't trained in that. It wasn't anything that was taught to us at uni. Um, not the modern problems. I was, I did, of course, I did several years in gynecology at school, um, obviously um, from an Eastern perspective. Um, 
but I didn't have the tools to treat what I was seeing. And that's mm. because they were modern-day illnesses and they weren't traditional yeah. problems. So um, I made a really big, bold statement one day and said, I'm never treating women's health. They're crazy. They're hormonal. <laughs> I can't deal with this. And woman after woman kept showing up. So eventually I sort of thought, okay, well, I could accept this challenge and I could just like just like I learned Eastern medicine, I could also <laughs> go and do this and that's what I did. And so um, it kind of led me down this path of um, – diving deeper into women's health and modern health issues. And then um, just more recently, really trying to educate younger women because I'm like, if we can fix it before it's broken rather than when it's really stuffed up, then that might actually be useful as well. So, yeah, yeah, that's how we got here. Awesome. Talking about gin and seals and (laughs) (laughs) Give us like an average patient that comes to you. I see the same thing on repeat every day. Which is? Uh, women with hormone issues, endometriosis, PCOS, infertility, adenomyosis, menopause, perimenopause. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the same thing over and over and over again. It's just a different version because <laughs> yeah. we're all different. Chinese medicine's excellent at looking at an individual. We we utilize. I use a lot of acupuncture. It's excellent for inflammation, pain, and and regulating cycles and and really um, helping to make the body work better. Um, and again, that's its own form of, it's its own system of diagnosis. So it's, it is a bit different. I say all the time that really I find the best results and we get great results because it all comes down to communication. If you can't talk to your patient, if they can't trust you and they can't understand, especially with something like Chinese medicine, because let's be honest, it is a little bit woo, um, then they're not <laughs> going to be invested and it's not going to work. So actually for me, um, it all, I really spend time and sit with the patient um, I think that my practitioners that I have in the clinic are far better hands-on than I am, but where I excel is being able to talk to somebody and work them through a treatment plan and get them on board with that and really integrate that into their life. So can you talk about like if someone came into you with endometriosis, we had a friend on our show who has like horrendous endometriosis and described what it was like to grow up with that not knowing until she was diagnosed, I think when she was like in her early 20s. What What are the, some of the help you would give someone with that kind of Mm. condition so I mean what we're learning in this area I guess the reason that she wasn't diagnosed initially is because we're learning more and more and more Um, it's been taken seriously as a problem now whereas once Mm. upon a time women were just medicated because we didn't really know or no one actually looked properly Um, so I really sit and work with patients to work out what's driving the problem Mm -hmm. because you know I I, it comes back to genetically that's the way that you are that's what you've been dealt you can't Mm -hmm. change that but you can change the environment that you put your genes in and mm-hmm. to really get them to play the game either in a great way or a not so great way. Um, so really educating them on that. But I can give them a treatment that will improve their, their way that their body works. But if they don't work out what the actual driver of that is, what the stressor of that is, it, it's just going to continue to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, same goes for even if you have a laparoscopy, you're just removing the evidence of the problem. And don't get me wrong, I think that that can really give someone um, quality of life that they haven't had for a really long time. But if we don't go in there and actually then start to address the diet, start to address the lifestyle, start to look at the emotions, start to look at the other stresses, then it's going to keep on coming back. And mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense um, to me. So, you know, it, it's it's really working out what that is that's to me is better than any acupuncture I'm going to give them the acupuncture is going to give them relief today and tomorrow maybe for this menstrual cycle but if they don't keep that up then that's not necessarily going to be a a long-term solution I'm all about sustainability like let's look at Mm -hmm. what that is what strikes me 
about the biggest difference between like Eastern and Western um, styles is that Western doctors, you just don't get the same amount of time. Cool. Like, you know, you don't get to sit and just talk about everything, you know? And I feel like that's one thing that I really wish Western medicine would embrace. It, it, I think it'd be amazing if every woman could sit down with someone and be like, these are all the things I experience, you know, yeah. and just see like, is it normal? Is it healthy? You know, I think also we're talking about it more and more, which is great, but we haven't for a really long time. It's been a bit of a taboo subject. Like we mm-hmm. don't talk about our periods. We're happy to talk about everything else. You know, I can't move my bowels or whatever. I've right. got a snotty nose or I don't know, but it's been a subject that's been like, we've pretended that it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. even though it happens every 28 days probably more regularly than you get a common cold so you know (laughs) we're not talking about it and we suffer in silence and we don't realize that there are other women living with the same symptoms um just a different version of so i think that's a positive is that we are starting to talk about it more there's a lot more resources um yeah so we yeah we wanted to to start touching on pcos um it's something that we've kind of heard of in the ether, um, but haven't really delved deep into. Uh, and it looks like it's actually more common than endometriosis, which I was really surprised about. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to ask you to help us define it. I will say that every, pretty much every video I watched, I like fell asleep halfway through. Oh wow. It sounds so so interesting. And I've never, I've (laughs) genuinely never heard of it until I scrolled through your podcast and I was like, what is this acronym that keeps popping up? Really? Well, it's not the name of a spaceship. No. No. Or like POS, I think like it's PCOS, but I hear (laughs) piece of shit. Like I get POS. (laughs) It does sound, I mean, there are elements to it being shitty. That's for sure. Yes, there definitely are elements. Yeah. So what does it stand for? I guess. So polycystic ovarian syndrome. So when we see multiple follicles on the ovaries, the, the typical symptoms that we have accepted as being most common over time have been missing periods, obviously, is the first thing a woman will explore or irregular periods, um, but also, you know, weight gain, facial hair, acne, um, feel pretty crappy, obviously, yeah. with all of these things. So, I mean, it's, the name's a little bit misleading because they're not actually cysts as such. Um, they're the same follicle that you, you know, would see typically that um, is um, what happens when, it, you know, when a woman ovulates. And so, mm-hmm. um, we, and we t- typically have several of those at any one time, if not up to sort of 10 to 12 is considered somewhere normal. Mm-hmm. Um, anything over that moves into the, the realm of PCOS. So women often have a lot of pelvic pain mm-hmm. um, in this instance and some women can have PCOS and endometriosis, you know, Ooh, both. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, the symptoms, like I said, they can be wide and varied and women will experience them in different um, combinations, in different, you know, amounts uh, and that's going to depend on how well her body is working. Again, mm-hmm. like endometriosis, it, genetically that's just your predisposition it was the cards that you were dealt mm-hmm. you didn't do anything in this life to you know wrong nothing other than the fact yeah. that that's your that's kind of your predisposition so mm-hmm. again it's the same thing it's setting your body up to work better mm-hmm. um, and smarter not harder because mm-hmm. that's what it's doing in any any hormone imbalance and what you know often um, I see patients that we need to get their gut health better you know improve their gut health make sure their insulin you know that that that, that their body's regulating that properly um really looking at liver health for me um and um you know making or just trying to estrogen and testosterone often you know test male hormones or androgens are are what's often driving it for women most often um 
in at least this typical type of PCOS. Yeah, so I thought that that was interesting that it's a, a hormone imbalance that actually increases the male hormones mm. in your body. Like we're supposed to have testosterone. It, right. it's, you know, it's important for us to make other hormones and, and um, a small amount of it is what we, um, all women, um, and obviously men have it in higher mm. amounts. Um, but when we're seeing, you know, this, this um, hormone imbalance, it's driving these symptoms, as you can understand. Right. If you've got facial hair and you're losing your hair on your head, it's very very much mimicking what happens for a male so same as the you know acne and the weight gain as well so it is it's a matter of working out where this and why this is happening and treating like I said the actual root cause not just flatlining your hormones with with medication because it doesn't fix it and you know you will be told this will fix it and it's never been able to fix it it can't it will help you manage your Mm. symptoms um but it doesn't no amount of the pill is going to regulate your testosterone levels like that's just not long term right you know you come off it they're not gonna it's It's not not gonna gonna be fixed correct um and then the the insulin piece is interesting to me um, because a lot of the treatment for women with PCOS um, and trans folks, I guess, with PCOS is um, really just adjusting your diet and exercise and getting your your insulin levels under Correct. control. Correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So gut health is absolutely paramount. Um, if you're not absorbing nutrients, then nothing is ever going to work properly. Mm-hmm. Um, but also inf- that can also be behind inflammation as well. You know, when you are not utilizing your glucose properly, then it's going to basically inadvertently eventually lead your um, ovaries to produce um, more testosterone and you're just not going to, yeah, it's not, that's part of the problem so mm. when people have pcos what is, what are what's the problem like do, are they not able to conceive or do they not uh, ovulate what what's what why is it a problem yeah right so it will mean that they aren't um ovulating typically or not regularly um because of the hormone imbalance that's just part of it they're not getting that nice dance between estrogen and progesterone every month so this means that effectively i guess if you're not ovulating you're not getting a period you're not considered fertile at that time it doesn't mean you're infertile because we treat a lot of pcos in the clinic with great results um but it just means at in that moment that you know you need to ovulate obviously to be able to um perform the act of conception Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and we laugh at that but so many women don't understand that they're like what what are you talking about I I would say six months ago we did not understand I just (laughs) understood what uh an ovulation period like cycle is like great so yes so you know 101 ovulate yes two weeks later period (laughs) I will also say Carl my husband's gonna hate this but he keeps forgetting what it's called so he's called it a vulvation oh well (laughs) window oh a (laughs) vulvation And he asked me, hey, when are you vulvating? <laughs> well, my daughter had her first sex ed class last week. Oh, uh-huh. boy. Did How you give it? No. You oh, my God, should've. no. She's so not worldly. She's so... I've I've tried to go there a few times. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not doing this like this child. <laughs> but so she's they did an amazing job of it at school, but hilarious because it's all about the vulva now. All we hear about is her vulva, oh. which is hilarious. But the other funny piece was she was walking past the bathroom and my husband was walking out and she says leans over and she says, "Watch out for your testicle, testicles, Dad," and kept walking. <laughs> And I was like, right, great. How old is she? Ten. Oh, Oh. my gosh. Our first episode was us talking about, or our second episode, talking about our either lack of education or, or well, both of you had pretty good 
um, sex comprehensive. Ed. Yeah, I went to Catholic school. Yes, so did so I. So, yeah. so yes, I can totally relate to that. Yes. I did yes. too. We are yes. holding so hands no. in solidarity. I wrote a book about this recently. <laughs> it's coming out soon, and it was all about what I didn't learn. Oh, is that in your new book? Yes. Um, be- beautiful, beautiful you. you. Yes. Nice. So hilarious because. Um, you know, there was big pieces of the puzzle that were missing oh, from yeah. our education. Uh, I very, very much thought that if I, any time of the month I could fall pregnant. I didn't know that ovulation was that piece yeah. um, of the puzzle. Um, I mean, contraception, you weren't allowed to talk about that either. Yeah, nope. um, so, yeah, basically you just got fed just bits of the puzzle. Yeah. And the rest you talked about with your girlfriends and we made the rest up. Yeah, exactly. And that's how we got here. We're exactly. all stuffed because we're all like, yes. we don't really know what we're talking about. Yeah, if you have this like desire to like do sex ed like 2.0 when you're like 18 or 16 and just like a check-in like how's everyone doing like how's everyone's period like anyone have a weird sex question like I feel like we get our sex ed in the states anyway at like 10 11 and then maybe once again in high school I had it for a semester maybe when I was 14 Mm -hmm. but something more like comprehensive of like now that we've all practiced doing either the menstruating or the sex like anyone have questions you know yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I did. I, I had great fun writing this book because it was all <laughs> the things that I never learned. But also, I, you know, we answer questions like, should I have sex? When should I have sex? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, th- that wasn't a discussion. No. No way. And maybe you know what the reality is? Maybe. We're doing it anyway, so we might as well learn about it yeah. and get it right, you know. Yeah. But I think this whole piece of fearing pregnancy, um, that's got to be blown out of the water because – so many women also find out that when it's time to conceive that they actually are having trouble doing that and yeah. we could have fixed that piece well early. So I think, yeah, it's a good conversation. I'm really excited about being able to have that with young women. And yeah. and, and I actually said to my publisher, uh, we need to do the boys as well because if you get yes. the boys to understand the girls, then life's going to be a whole lot easier. Agreed. So, you know, really educating everybody on yeah. what their body does and just the 101 of that. I just remember everything was a line drawn halfway like a half line drawing of the woman's yeah, body it was right. like didn't yeah. even look so like I'm like that? what is that I know. Yeah, that means nothing to me no I'm like that just looks like circles and lines it wasn't anything that I could relate to yeah that's so um true. and I certainly didn't realize what anything actually did you know I mean I knew that I had several orifices um (laughs) and I didn't but I didn't realize anything about my um especially my exterior anatomy I didn't know anything about that yeah Mm. well like the like the urethra versus the vagina like that whole well that old chestnut so this is the other thing too is that the (laughs) yeah and we call our vagina our vagina which is actually our vulva, our vulva right <laughs> yeah as my right. daughter keeps telling me yeah. so true yeah you gotta slip vulva I just into saw, every oh conversation i just saw a video about that and i was like oh did i know that no. <laughs> <laughs> so i might not have known that the conversation for women weighs in really heavy because we bear most of the burden of not falling pregnant mm-hmm. so this is you know i I talk about this in my book. It's 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 almost fun for a boy to go through puberty. It's a bit funny. Their voice changes. They grow some hair in places. You know, you know. I remember family members of ours talking about their son going through puberty and just laughing, saying, oh, "I just sent him to his bedroom to sort himself out." Right. And everyone laughing about it, it was really funny. But you know, a, a woman is of age that she gets her period and it becomes very serious very quickly. It's not fun. It's mm-hmm. all very like, "Don't you dare fall pregnant? Mm-hmm. Heaven forbid!" You know. It doesn't set women up to understand their most intimate self. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I certainly wasn't encouraged to look down there. I, you know, and 
no two people look the same either. So having yeah. this conversation going, there is no normal here, you know. Right. If, if it doesn't look like the person next to you, whereas boys compare themselves all the time, mm-hmm. you know, women mm-hmm. sort of hide it. So I think that, yeah, it's just talking about it. We've just got to talk about it more. That's yeah. easy enough. It's not hard. Yeah, and I mean, doing it. Totally. We've bathed in the new totally. together, so we're a part of the change. But also, if you have a, a known hormone imbalance, just to circle back with PCOS yeah, and you yeah. know, endo or whatever, explore that. Like, what is your body trying to tell you? Why is this yeah. happening for you? Um, I know it can be completely debilitating and really confronting, but, um, you know, it's really common. Uh, and it doesn't have to be terrible. There are things that you can do to start to get it on, you know, on track. And even if you are using the pill, how can you still utilize your other parts, you know, the bits that you can control to allow your body to function optimally? Yeah. Um, you're right. Get, get your diet right. Mm-hmm. Get things in check. Get tested. Do the right things so that you can start to fill in the missing pieces. And it's not all bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a dumb Dumb question. No dumb questions, man. We'll see. Do can you get your period without ovulating? You can bleed, but it won't be a true period. Yeah. But yes. without birth control, naturally, if you don't ovulate, will your body still bleed something? Regularly, you mean? Yeah. It's usually not regular. Some women will get yes, after a period of time their body will actually you know, their hormones will lead them to do that, but it mm. won't be after ovulation. A true period mm. mm-hmm. can only come after ovulation. Yeah. How can our listeners, like, if they wanted to explore this, what would you recommend for them to go out and do if all they've seen before is a Western doctor? There are plenty of doctors that are integrative and able to help um, and plenty of people here. Um I would say that if your doctor isn't open, you need to find another doctor because there are definitely doctors that that will support you in that. Um, you know, I, I've spent I spent a long time finding the right person, and now there's nothing that I can't say that she won't you know help me explore or learn herself if she doesn't know or you know like I said you can't go wrong with starting with diet you absolutely if you don't know where to start start with that when I say diet I don't mean diet's not the right word nutrition is the word we should Mm. be using Um, it's not about deprivation it's about using your nutrition to take your body where it wants to go Um, and especially when we're talking about this inflammation and insulin piece 80% of our immune system is is formed and shaped from the gut it's our emotion center we know that you know we're saying around 90% of things like serotonin and dopamine are actually produced in the gut, not the brain. If, wow. if you can get this piece right, um, you really can make inroads to, to better health. Um, and this is the other thing too, can I say, that we're often going to a, a, a just a GP or a, yes. a general doctor yes. and yeah, that's yes. not the person that you need to be speaking to about yeah. this. Um, I think that there's a big gap with that and the mm-hmm. advice that you're often getting is not by someone who's specialised in that area. Yeah. So I think that's a big, big part of the issue Mm -hmm. um so your gp obviously is amazing and and you know is there for a whole lot of other things but i think if you're having issues with your um your hormones then you definitely need to see someone who actually can give you proper answers Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's great advice and asking for that like you being the advocate saying if they say oh well you know we can we can do an we can test to see if you've ovulated great well can I also have a referral because if I'm not then who do I see you know Mm -hmm. being being the advocate for your health I think is makes much more sense around this Mm -hmm. not just taking that as the given 
I wanted to ask you, so one of our first episodes we did was um, euphemisms around the world, (laughs) how people around the world talk about their periods, Mm -hmm. because we all know we can't just say, I'm menstruating. We have to have like cutesy little terminology. (laughs) What What do people say in Australia for when they get their period? Like we say time uh, of the month or yeah, amp flow yeah, has arrived. Yeah, we do all those too. We like to copy Americans, so we <laughs> have the wonder, same. But I wondered if there was anything like, I don't know if, you, if you're like, <sighs> the, sure the, the Bogans are in the... Yeah, there <laughs> would be. There would be. I, I can't, nothing's the coming. The Sydney Opera House no. is... <laughs> the red tie on, tied on Manly I, Beach. Manly I, Beach, anyone? There are some <laughs> trouble. Oh my gosh, hilarious. I'm trying to think. <laughs> But there's nothing coming to mind. But I'll, I'll think of this, you know what, after. And I'll be like, damn it. About it. Uh, I will. I'll definitely yeah, do ours that. Yeah, are Shark Week, which is oh, yeah, my favorite. Shark Week is I quite hilarious. But Shark Week I works more Shark for Week. Australia. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh Shark Week, I, I think is quite funny. But yeah, yeah. No, I do just say I have my period. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to say closing out? I know you have to go. And yeah, do you want to um, boost your book like or your website? Or just my website. I mean, if anyone wants more information, everything's on my website, which is just natkringudis.com. Um, I love talking on Instagram with people because it's fun and it's such a time waster. Um, yes. So, you, yeah, connect with me on socials, but it's all natkringudis.com. Or spell Nat your Kringudis. last name. Oh, yeah. So um, I'll spell the whole thing. N-A-T, that's Nat. Um, Kringudis, K-R-I-N-G-O-U-D-I-S. Thank you so much for Thank coming. You. Thank you for You've having me. a blast. <laughs> Listeners, so our second guest of this episode is an amazing friend of the pod. Um, she's a fellow sketch writer, an improviser, a podcaster herself, Molly Sanchez. Everybody, Yay! and frequent caller of the pod. Yeah, as well. I'm like, I'm not sorry, but I'm a huge stan of this podcast. Yay! I really, I really like it. Um, I feel, I know I would listen if I wasn't friends with you guys. And it's just like way changed just gonna call you out I think you said huge stan of the podcast yeah do you not know what stan means <laughs> no. oh gals okay as <laughs> as a young person stan is like a super fan of someone as inspired by the Eminem song stan oh. gang I was the person oh my to God. teach my podcast uh, co-host Kelly that word you guys like are you not on Twitter we're in our 30s Molly <laughs> you, yes, are, you are still Twitter. in your 20s I'm we so are in our 20s okay Stan so real quick before we go in tell us about your podcast that you oh do. okay so I do a podcast called Red All Over A Handmaid's Tale Recap with uh, my really good friend Kelly Anakin who's also a comedian and we recap uh, episodes of The Handmaid's Tale we read the book Handmaid's Tale we cover other Margaret Atwood properties as nice. well as just one off episodes about Parent Trap or Ever After <laughs> just to like cleanse <laughs> the old palate Nice. Yeah, it's a great community. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're so happy to have you. Um, the reason we brought Molly in is because she actually pitched us on a really great idea for something we can do in the hiatus, in the menopause oh my yeah. between God. seasons. Um, this is my uh, favorite podcast. Unlike, <laughs> unlike real menopause, we will come back. We will come back. Oh. Exactly. So yeah, Molly pitched us this. So we're going to toss it over to her. Tell us what you got. Okay, so I've pitched a series called a Bleeding Rainbow. Bleeding yes. Rainbow. Um, which is a series where we talk about periods in books. And I guess it can be kind of like a book club because uh, 
yeah, there are, are periods exist in literature, and I think a lot of us maybe learned what periods are from reading books. Mm. Um, I know I definitely did. Uh, anybody hear of Are You There, God? It's yes, Me, Margaret. I Big have time. indeed. Yeah, that's uh, Judy Bloom's 1970 classic, which I just found out just today is becoming a movie for finally. Wow. Yeah, the director of that movie, Edge of Seventeen, is making it, and it's supposed to be really good. Or it's it sounds promising so far, um, even though Judy Bloom is like set on it being set in the 70s, which I think is totally fine. Uh, but finally, so yeah, that's what taught me about periods. Uh, I definitely didn't even know that was a thing until I read that book when I was 12. Um, pro- actually, probably way younger. I was probably like 10 or 9. Give our listeners a recap of it in case they haven't read it or if they're like me and read it maybe when they were like 9 and then forgot. Yes. Okay, so it's about uh, this girl named Margaret and she moves from New York City to the suburbs and is kind of grappling with a lot of things. She's grappling with being... Uh, maybe no religion maybe several religions she's grappling with like getting into middle school having a male teacher which was so taboo in 1970 um but mostly (laughs) yeah isn't that crazy it's like a big plot point that her teacher is a dude that's Um, amazing I didn't have a male teacher till eighth grade but you went to an all-girls catholic school and not elementary uh, school though okay yeah oh yeah well it's a big deal for Margaret and the gang um (laughs) you guys it was a big deal for me too yeah (laughs) um so yeah so she and fellow sixth graders kind of uh, maneuver through that time in their life they even have like a pact saying that you have to tell your friend like the second that you get your period and it's a big status thing which is why I Ah. lied about having my period I agree with you listeners um, Molly Sanchez is the one who called in and lied about her period with the the mint uh, toothpaste on her pat on her underwear (laughs) mother I'm woman yeah I agree with you. It's absolutely a status thing. For sure. Who's gotten in and who hasn't. And I don't think it was between my friends. I think it was between me and my imaginary Judy Bloom friends. Like, I definitely was the only person who was talking about it at length uh, in my friend group. (laughs) But um, in the book, not to spoil anything, but somebody in the book famously fakes their period. And it's a (laughs) a big coup. Um, But since it takes place in the 1970s, like, I assumed that everybody wore belts with pads. Is that how they do it in the book? Yes. But I've learned by doing the bleed search for this that they updated it recently so like the 2018 version has her just buying pads like a normal person you guys i forgot that we made a pact that we would try those belts (laughs) we got it oh my god do they exist i'm sure we can get them i'm sure we can get it on ebay or amazon i know i'm so nervous we're gonna all have to take a day off work Well, yeah, so I think that was the earliest period in a book that I ever read. And it's actually such an incendiary book. It was banned in several libraries um, and school libraries all around the world. Um, in uh, 1983, somebody banned it from their school library saying it's built around just two themes, sex and anti-Christian behavior, uh, <laughs> of which it's it's really not. <laughs> but um, That's an absurd. That's an incendiary young adult book that introduced me to periods, but periods exist in a lot of other books, too. Uh, most Tell us about it. The um, farthest back I could find it was in uh, James Joyce's Ulysses, which, gang, I've never read. I tried to read this oh chapter for this book. What a fucking nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, I, was, I was afraid you were going to pitch it for like book club. And no. I was like, no, I don't think we can do that. Meg, did you have to do that as an English major? No. It's one sentence. The whole book is like one long sentence. <laughs> 
sentence. And it deals with periods? Okay, so apparently, according to several analyses, because I could not freaking read this dumbass oh chunk God. of literature, apparently the one of the matriarchs in the book is named Molly. Hello. Oh, all, of, all of the worst people in literature are named Molly, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> Hello, the horse in Animal Farm who like sells everybody up the river is also named Molly, and I am livid. Uh, oh anyhow, so apparently Molly gets her period when she's like looking at a young woman and thinking about youth, and then she gets her period. That's how it works. That's how it yeah. works. Yeah, that's that's from the male gaze. She does say like one thing that I'm like, mm, okay, respect. Apparently, she says at one point in that huge chunk of prose. Uh, that's the thing about women. There is always something wrong with us every three to four weeks. I'm like, you know what? Okay. Yeah, I okay. feel that. So, so true. That happens. Uh, I just watched uh, Carrie last night, which also has a period scene in the book and in the the oh, movie. It's like the I've period. Heard of this. She has wicked late periods. Like she doesn't get her period until she's 17. She has no idea what it was because she couldn't check out Margaret from the library. Uh-huh. Um, And that kind of the period kind of ushers in her like cool telekinetic powers. So that's another literary period. Nice. Um, One weird one where a period is not mentioned, but I fucking know that's what they mean. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so pissed about this. So y'all read Chronicles of Narnia? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Okay. Do you think you know what I'm talking about? All right. So we've got a couple of like kids who are the main kids in Chronicle of Narnia and the oldest sister is Susan Pevensey. Mm -hmm. And there's a point in the books, I think it's Dawn Treader where they first introduce this idea. And then in Last Battle, they really hammer it home. They're Mm -hmm. like, Susan can't come anymore. Yeah. Everybody else can come to Narnia. Susan, you stay the fuck home. (gasps) And everyone's like, why? And so one of the quotes is like, Susan's no longer a friend of Narnia. She's interested in nothing nowadays except nylon and lipstick and invitations. Mm-hmm. And she wasted all her school time wanting to be the age she is now, and she'll waste all the rest of her life trying to stay that age. Her whole idea is to race to the silliest time of one's life as quickly as she can and stop there as long as she can. And to me, I think that she was like, hey, I'm like 14 or 15. One time I looked at a boy and Aslan was like, out of Narnia. Right. Yeah. Get out. That's so, so sad. I mean, so sad. That scene pissed me off so hard because, uh, you know, the boys are. Not, I mean, what? I'm sorry. You don't think fucking Peter. Yeah. And, Edmund. Edmund. Edmund, Edmund is having wet jerking dreams. It. Honestly. Jerking it all the time. They're boys. I know. There should have been like a one strike you're out for Edmund, to be quite honest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> truly. But no, let's keep letting Edmund back. And Susan has to stay in fucking World War II England mm. while everyone gets to go to yeah, Narnia. What invitations? <laughs> what invitations are going around? Invitations to the Blitzkrieg? C.S. Lewis is so mean to Susan and I hate it God. so much. She goes, the books don't tell us what happened to Susan. She's left alive at, in this world at the end, having turned into a rather silly, conceited young woman. But there's plenty of time for her to mend and perhaps she will probably get to go to Aslan's country in the end in her own way. Fuck you, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. yeah Fuck right. you right in the face. So... That's not an oblique period reference, but I can only assume <laughs> yeah. that that's what that's saying. So it's about her embracing her womanness and then some dude being like, mm, you can't come to my heaven playground. It's so stupid. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, especially because who among us did not want to bone down Mr. Tumnus? OK, <laughs> his top half is human. We can work with it, girl. Oh, get all up in my Mrs. Beaver, girl. Yes. Uh, anyway. 
So the book that I think we should cover for book club, sorry, yes, to yes. get to it. I love it. Let's talk about it. Because we want to send our reader, our listeners off into the menopause with a book to read. Yes. Great. So I think the book that we should cover is called Red Tent by Anita Diamant. And it was written in 1997. And it's about um, a family in biblical times and uh, sort of the sort of pre-Christian rituals around menarche and childbearing and it's really really great cool have you guys read it either of you i have not no. oh, okay, it's i'm gonna so put good. it on my library app right now you definitely wow. should and if you like the handmaid's tale like it's a really good i think primer to understanding sort of the key mythology of the handmaid's tale um and it'll teach you a couple things a periods are dope b women are do- dope See, the patriarchy is not dope. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> and you can brush up on your like biblical knowledge at the same time uh, while there's still sex in a book. So it's a great book. I love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah so listeners, your first bleeding rainbow assignment is to go and read uh, Red Tent yeah. on our first season hiatus. And then we'll come back and talk about it. We'll bring Molly back on. Thank you. And we'll talk about it. But I wanted to ask you, Molly, like, what do you, after doing all this little bit of research on, like, literature and periods, what's your, like, overall assessment of how we're doing as a as a civilization writing about periods in fiction? So I think we're doing okay. But I do think I've read, you know, there's a lot to be said about, like, classic literature is always through the male gaze. And even as girls, we're taught, like, to be a very good literature person you have to have read these classic white male authors mm-hmm. typically and I cannot tell you how many times I've read like a Bukowski thing or like a similarly gritty like male author where it's like he stood at the urinal and he peed and it's like that's a gross thing to describe but okay I guess we'll listen to it so I don't know why there isn't a similar onslaught of like women authors really talking about periods mm-hmm. um yeah, but these all these authors I wrote I talked about do it really well, and I think it's particularly important to talk about them in like young adult books for girls yeah, specifically, absolutely. and for boys to be honest. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. just because it's something that happens to all of us, and we need to get less afraid of. Like they say, you know, you never he- see Harry Potter like poop in the bathroom, and that's totally fine. <laughs> but I think that this is slightly more socially stigmatized than like having a BM. You know that like J.K. Rowling's going to come out with some announcement that's like, oh, Harry had Crohn's disease, didn't you know? (laughs) Dumbledore was gay and Harry had Crohn's. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, like, you know, there has to be some kind of like tampon spell. Except for maybe uh, not, because they use quill I, pens still. You guys, so, like, I'm loving maybe this fanfic. Maybe the, so many we should write a fanfic, fanfic about Hermione and her periods. I would. I I'm would sure they all that. got their first periods at Hogwarts, right? Oh what if, my yeah, what if God. Like, Nessa McGonagall was totally rocking a menstrual cup for, to oh, give out yeah. to all the, the ladies? What if it like messed with her spells and she was just like, I'm just having a really bad period brain. Yes. And it was like, what if PMS, PMS affects your spells? Well, see, honestly, that is where I get the most horny. Whenever, like, whenever like becoming a woman coincides with witchcraft i'm just like uh, 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 get it at me i fucking love this shit yes well those might be some books for us down the road um so something i would also like to mention is there's a bay area woman queer writer right now who is i think doing a phenomenal job about tackling women's issues through the lens of fiction and that's Meg Elison and she wrote the uh, Road to Nowhere trilogy and what it is is it's this dystopian uh, universe where there's this been this big disease that afflicts um, 
mostly women and girls. So the few women left alive are like hot commodity and very in danger and vulnerable. But she writes about a lot of really cool like queer characters who run around helping people during this time. And mm. part of the thing that she mentions, which is just like, I, I, it's akin to like if J.K. Rowling talked about Harry Potter like pooping because it's just like it happens and we would th- have to think about it. Yeah. She talks about this character running around in the apocalypse trying to collect menstrual cups and birth control and like sanitary items to give to women she finds on the road because she can't always save women from the predicament they're in, but she can usually get um birth control or yeah. get them sanitary products. Their life a little better. It's amazing. Like I lo- talk uh. about Stan. I stand Meg Ellison hardcore uh we had dinner once meg if you don't know what that means um reach out to us we've recently learned what (laughs) i may have taught her at that same dinner Um, (laughs) no she's way cooler than me but yeah check her out she's a bay area writer a woman writer a queer writer and just like honestly the margaret atwood that we have right now say what's her name and spell it uh, M-E-G is her first name. You can Great never have name. Can never Great have too many men. Too many men. And her last name is E-L-I-S-O-N. Mm-hmm. Yay. Okay, before you go, mm-hmm. uh, three questions. Yes. If your period could drink, yeah. what would it drink? Okay, it would drink uh, Fernet Branca because it Hot. is weird and gross, but also medicinal and potentially good for you. I love it. Uh, if your period had a Patronus... What would it be? Okay, it would be a sea witch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because it is like powerful, but also horrid. (laughs) And just like transforms me into not my best self. (laughs) Perfect. And um, what political party does your uh, period subscribe to? Hmm. Well, it's not great for this woman. I'll tell you that. Um, (laughs) I think it's like... It's a big Jill Stein voter, I think. Like, it's like, you know, maybe nominally good, but like really shitty. (laughs) And ask for all my money. (laughs) Just a reminder uh, we as human women don't subscribe to the same political parties as our no, no, period. No, 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 no. Because I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but my my period, I believe, is one of those uh, white lady Democrats that only does research like two days before the election. God. So she was like a Hillary supporter, but only for like, just because she wasn't paying attention before. <laughs> um, and I don't think she's going to vote in the midterms. Wow. That's, that's, that's what my period oh. is. I mean, to be fair, that sounds similar to me. I use a lot of voter guides. Don't judge. Don't judge <laughs> No, but you're, judge you are me. well-versed, Meg. Thank my you, period thank you. is someone who just goes like on November like 2nd like oh we have an election that's my period. got it yeah. my period is indifferent which is <sighs> very bad in these current times it's just like you know I, I come when I come and I go when I go <laughs> I am blacording guys I didn't get a chance to say but I'm like blacording like in the worst worst way uh, the sea witch has me in her clutches <laughs> I'm fucking dying Meg what is your affiliation um, I definitely have already said this before. Um, tis, uh, <laughs> a, a wig? <laughs> Tory, you see? Uh. A wig. <laughs> um, I believe I've stated in the past that it, uh, is a embodiment of a period that like really resonates with videos about grassroots campaigns, but then kind of forgets to vote 
Oh, oh yay! No. So he like, we'll so share the videos. So it's like a Mike or what was his name? Mike Kucinich voter, kind of Dennis like, Kucinich. Dennis Kucinich. Yeah. yeah. Mike Kucinich is his brother who also doesn't vote. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey. Uh, Mikey K. Oh, Mikey. Molly, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. And we'll have you. We'll see you back in a couple months, and we'll talk Red Tent. Let's come up with how would the song go? It'd be like like uh, a period in the book. I think we'll take a look. We love to read. We have to bleed. I'm bleeding rainbow. Bleeding rainbow. Yes, I love it. Thank you, you Molly. So much. you LeVar Blurton. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. And we're done. Molly's dead. You guys. You guys. You guys. We're at the end of season one. 21 episodes. We did it. Our we... podcast can drink. <gasps> if our podcast. Wait, wait, wait. If our podcast could drink, what would it drink? Oh, my oh God. My God. What a Probably water because we are always needing water during these <laughs> yes, recordings. we are. We I was going to say, like, light beer. Champs. Because that's typically what we drink. Something or carbonated, yeah. which is such a mistake. Every time we record, we're like, sorry. Yeah. Mm. Oh, guys, I had so much fun on this podcast. I've had such Me a blast. Too. And we're not going anywhere. We just need a little bit of a break. We're going to do some more research, bring mm-hmm. you amazing content next season. Yes, great guests. We're yep. going to have guests. We're going to interview our moms. Yeah. Woo! I mean, we're going to do a ton more. We're going to talk about the red tent. Yeah. We're going to talk about the red tent. And if you guys have any episode ideas, please let us know. We have a yeah. couple months where we're just going to be taking all the advice we can get. Also, if you have any why I cried to read my labias and then just, you know what? Just put our number on speed dial. Yes. Yep. 9106 uterus. 9106 uterus. Tell us how you bleed like us at 9106 uterus. We okay. always start that too low. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I always try to do a harmony, and it's really, really bad. <laughs> uh, quick whip around. What was your favorite episode or favorite moment of season one of Vicious Cycle? I really liked when we all discovered that we all started using tampons after we got finger banged. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, that was a special moment amongst friends. That was friends. really amazing. Mm. Um, I think my favorite moment was probably recording smells. Mm. Oh, uh, just because so we were all so giddy with um, excitement and shame. Um, <laughs> yes. And one of my favorite moments is when Meg stormed off to Kate's restroom. Uh, to smell herself, and Kate and I just had to entertain ourselves. Yes, we by, did by <laughs> scratching and sniffing ourselves <laughs> in front of each other. I really love episode two where we talk about square dancing. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. communists in the gazebo. That's a good episode. Um, really love that period sex episode where we got real personal. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there have been so many amazing moments. I think. Uh, I loved also, our guests. Yeah, yeah, we had great guests. Uh, it's also just been great to hear people give us feedback that they love the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they are trying new things because of the podcast. Yeah. I'm trying new things because of the I mean, I've yeah. learned so much about myself because of this podcast. I can't even... A couple months ago, I was just so unknowledgeable about my body and about other people's bodies and not being able to talk about it. And now I'm like going around just like giving people like a heads up about certain things or like did you knows or like... Yeah, 
awesome. It's kind of crazy how much we've learned since really episode is. one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we hope that you've learned along with us. Yes. And again, this sounds like we're going away forever. We're not. We're it's a back. menopause. You guys, can I tell you, I did start to write like a goodbye song, but then I was like, A, we're not going anywhere forever. And uh-huh. B, I have no time for this. Yeah. But I started to take um, vitamin C's song, Graduation, <laughs> oh which I was going to call Menstruation. <laughs> As we flow Oh on. my god, well that makes way more sense because I just have go on. <laughs> but okay, but basically it was like And when our pads feel like a big diaper, <laughs> we will still have vicious cycles. <laughs> and then and then the only other stupid thing that I had written down was it was because we've done so many puns. This yes. this, this podcast has been all it's about what we puns. thrive on. Bleed yeah. search, blacording, listeners. Yeah. So the, the final chorus of this song was just going to be, as we blow blonde, we bleed blambler, all the blimes bleed, blad blue blad blur. <laughs> so take that, listeners, and know that we're with you. Call us if you need us. Leave us a message. Give us feedback. Give us a topic. Tell us your stories. On that note, keep calm. And tampon. Our theme song was performed by The Go Ahead. Check out more at thegoaheadmusic.com.